Hey, hey there, welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And to my diehards that continue to tune in every week, I so appreciate you. You are family to me for sure. Does it feel like everyone around you is claiming to have anxiety? Do you yourself feel a little more anxious than usual? And more importantly, do you ask, what's causing this anxiety feel so triggering? Let's talk about that today, okay? And before we do, let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I am a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer. And I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about necessarily, but we know we want to because we want to be better. We want to do better for ourselves because we know that impacts our kids and their kids to come one day. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to maybe somewhat keep you stuck or trip you up once in a while and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about surprisingly common anxiety triggers. But before we do, and before we get to that, if you didn't catch last week's episode on triggers, you may want to go and listen to that. That episode, as that was chocked full of value in a way to help you understand and manage triggers. So in regards to today's episode, have you noticed that over the last few years, the world is discussing more on the topic of mental health and the awareness of it. It certainly comes as no surprise that anxiety is one of the leading diagnoses. It almost feels like it's reached an epidemic state. And no, I'm not trying to be dramatic and keep up with the news media or social media hysteria around every little topic. Anxiety is not a little topic. And it's certainly affecting many. While it's perfectly normal to have some anxiety on a fleeting basis, it's not normal for it to wreak havoc on your day-to-day life. What triggers one person's anxiety may not even register on the radar for another. So it's important to learn and take stock of what may or may not provoke your anxiety. With knowledge comes power. And what we choose to do with that power ultimately impacts our lives in a healthy or unhealthy way. As I shared, what triggers one person's anxiety may not have any impact on another person's anxiety radar and vice versa. And the same goes for treatment. There's not a one-size-fits-all pill. What if... What if, (laughs) what if, in lieu of running down to the latest prescription that claims to work on anxiety, you noticed I didn't say heal or prevent anxiety because there's no prescription out there that will make those claims. What if I could share with you some very common things that we may do inadvertently that triggers our own anxiety? Anxiety, after all, is an inside job. 
meaning it's something felt inside inside of us and reacted upon by us. So let's take a look and see. See if any of the following are things that you can look at with regards to reducing the triggering effects of anxiety in your life. Number one. Oh, I hate to even say this one because those that know me know how much I love this one. Number one is caffeine. Topping the list, caffeine can do many things, including inducing anxiety. It can be great in small doses, though tolerance levels will vary from person to person and from age to age. In some people, too much caffeine can be a trigger that worsens existing anxiety. Fortunately, it's also an easier trigger to control. For example, some people might find their anxiety improved simply by cutting back from three to two cups of coffee. Don't even get me started on the energy drinks, folks. Don't even get me started there. I love the idea, though, of baby steps. They are great measuring tools for gauging what works and doesn't work. You know, how many people do you know, for instance, that decide in January they're going to go get in shape, so they clear out their cupboard of all their food by only quote-unquote healthy food, whatever that is to them, go and exercise five days a week and drink, you know, 500 gallons of water. I'm being exaggerative here. But they do all of those things in the hope of feeling better inside their skin. But what really is working? They just did it all or nothing. And is it any wonder that people fall off track by the end of January with their new healthy regimen because you're just going from one extreme to another. Baby steps, that's what it's about. Taking baby steps and measuring along the way and implementing or pivoting when it's necessary to do so. Number two, a messy home environment. This one often surprises people. A messy home environment doesn't always cause stress or anxiety for people. But in an individual with anxiety, it can make a huge difference. If you struggle with anxiety, consider evaluating your home environment. A cluttered home can sometimes be an issue because it sits in the back of your mind on your to-do list. That proverbial mental to-do list can be triggering for anxiety resulting in a number of responses, including insomnia, increased stress, reduced ability to focus, and more. Small changes, such as adding the house to your to-do list or simply tidying up on a regular basis has the potential to reduce anxiety. But this may not be true for everyone, but I can tell you for myself, There's been times even I've been so busy, you know, between work and raising a family in that, that, you know, a couple days go by, a week go by, two weeks go by, and your normal routine things of maybe doing laundry on Sunday 
have now turned into a three-day event because you put them in Sunday, but you don't take them out of the dryer till Tuesday, and Lord knows if they get folded. This kind of stuff can cause stress because it's still sitting there saying, oh my God, I didn't finish my laundry, and here it is already Wednesday, and I'm going to have to do it again in four days. It's just kind of slowing down and regrounding and regrouping and taking a look at your schedule and finding out where where have things kind of gotten a little off track and where can I kind of get myself back on track. That's a great way to manage anxiety. Number three, self-neglect. Self-neglect and self-care are often tough pills to swallow, but yet still surprisingly common in the world of anxiety. Neglecting yourself and not taking care of your personal needs can be an anxiety trigger. Whether you're not showering regularly, skipping meals, staying up too late, or not getting any physical activity, it's important to evaluate these behaviors and work to take better care of yourself. If you're struggling with getting these tasks done, then there may be more at play, such as depression, which can sometimes go hand in hand with anxiety. I've often noticed that people who suffer from chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, insomnia, stress, and or anxiety more often are less likely to practice any kind of self-care regimen than those that don't suffer with these conditions. In fact, many of these same individuals are constantly going to the doctor looking for answers as to why they feel the way they do while simultaneously not practicing any time of self-care regimen. Take that in and ask yourself, how am I doing with my self-care? I know there's lots of memes that you see out on social media and that about self-care, you know, lighting some candles, taking a bubble bath, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Self-care also means checking in with your mental health. That means checking in with your emotions. That means managing your anxiety, managing triggers and, and, and using your resources. And if you don't have resources, get resources. Resources are ways to help you and start practicing those now. So when these triggers come along, you are equipped to handle them rather than waiting for somebody else to handle them for you. Number four, not enough sleep. Sleep or lack thereof is linked to a slew of mental and physical health issues. So it should come as no surprise that anxiety is one of them. While staying up later than usual on occasion likely won't cause any harm, a lack of sleep over a long period of time can exacerbate anxiety symptoms in some. In some people, small changes such as practicing good sleep hygiene or creating a more realistic sleep schedule can make a huge difference. And one of the simplest ways to do that would be disengage from your phone at least one hour before going to bed. Look, our relationship with our phone is the problem, not the phones themselves. Number five, stress. Unfortunately, 
stress is common part of life. Even worse, it can also become a trigger for anxiety. It's extremely difficult to control stress, which in turn makes it equally difficult to control the anxiety that results. While there are ways to reduce stress, it's important to find a way that works best for you and your situation. I can tell you one of them is physical movement. It's a fantastic way to reduce stress. Merely taking a walk and getting some vitamin D can do wonders for stress, anxiety, yes, and even sleep. Number six, finances. Often going hand in hand with stress are finances. Look, couples don't divorce over finances. Couples divorce over their lack of communication, effective communication over finances. For some people, it doesn't matter if they're completely broke or living with a hefty cushion. Finances simply cause them anxiety. While this may seem like a more challenging anxiety trigger, it can be surprisingly helpful to sit down and make a plan. Many find that having a plan, even just a simple one, can reduce their anxiety significantly. And for a long-term gain in this arena, you'll need to make sure you're actually implementing the plan. We can have all of the tools, all of the strategies, and all of the goals in the world, and the things that we want to do, to see, to have. But unless we're willing to take action towards those things, we'll just continue to repeat our patterns of stress and anxiety. Number seven, social gatherings. There are several different types of anxiety and social anxiety is surprisingly common. The idea of having to interact with people, whether it be strangers, acquaintances, or even close friends, can quickly trigger anxiety in some. If you think you may be suffering from a form of social anxiety, it's best to work with someone who can help you with this and you can work with you to identify and find a solution that works best for you. I have lots of strategies and techniques and tools I can work with you on, but it would be a matter of you reaching out and us having a conversation. Know this, even the most extroverted of us suddenly may be feeling different around social gatherings after nearly two years of lockdowns and isolation. And although initially the shutdowns were maybe a welcome break, too much of a good thing can quickly turn into mental health issues. And social anxiety has been a big one. Number eight, work environment. A stressful work or job environment can bring on the occasional bout of anxiety. Deadlines, pressure to achieve certain things, whatever it may be. While it's normal to deal with occasional work-related stress and anxiety, it's, it's not normal for it to be a daily part of the job over several months or years. Unfortunately, this may be a more difficult trigger to address. 
whether the job or the work environment is causing you stress, it may be time to work with someone like myself to help you address and deal with the stress and anxiety that goes along with it. Number nine, conflict. Any type of conflict can trigger anxiety, whether it's an argument with a coworker, a spouse, parent, child, or even some random person on the internet. Fortunately, conflict as an anxiety trigger can be addressed by learning better conflict resolution. You can work to better manage your anxiety at the same time. Knowing the triggers that are associated with your anxiety can help you work to keep your anxiousness in check, which will help improve your all mental health and well-being. And if you're suffering from anxiety, I'd love to hear from you and see how I may be able to help you. And if you'd like to learn more about managing triggers or even identifying triggers you struggle with that may be outside of any of the ones that I've talked about here, then I encourage you to get in touch with me. Also, check out last week's episode that I did on I'm stressed, you're stressed, we're all stressed. And if you found this episode helpful, I encourage you to follow this podcast and share it with others. We never know who might benefit from having this information. And just know that every week I will share ways to help you get through your week. And last, and certainly not least, if you'd like to connect with me, here's how you can do that. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. It's Kelly Ray spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. My Facebook is Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know, I send you so much love.